Would you turn please to the second epistle to Timothy. To Timothy chapter 1 and verse 13. Hold fast the form of sound words which thou hast heard of me in faith and love which is in Christ Jesus. Now please over to chapter 2 verse 15. Study to show thyself approved unto God a workman that needeth not to be ashamed rightly dividing the word of truth. And now uh, chapter 3 verse 15 and from a, that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine for reproof for correction for instruction in righteousness that the man of God may be perfect truly furnished unto all good works chapter 4 and verse 2 preach the word of the instant in season and out of season rebuke, reprove, rebuke, exalt with all long suffering and doctrine so we have first of all the form of sound words this would be the pattern which God has left us in his word uh, then in chapter 2 we are told to rightly divide the word of truth the need for precision in handling the word of God we read in chapter 3 how the holy scriptures are able to make us wise unto salvation this would be the power of the word of God and then of course in chapter 4 and verse 2 we have the preaching of the word of God uh, brethren have reminded us of the importance of holy scriptures and whatever our activity and whatever the land we are serving in we must preach the word now uh, you see brother Logan and myself possibly have different thoughts about the Americans because uh, he obviously believed that the Americans knew where Botswana was but I wasn't so sure that you knew where France was so that's why you've got a map <laughs> well now uh, the situation in France is this it's a materialistic country in a former day it was called the, uh, the, the eldest daughter of the church of course the Roman Catholic Church this is not the case today uh, people would nominally be Roman Catholic but in fact uh, very few would go to mass uh, our problems would not be from the priests it would be from the cults and from the charismatic and Pentecostal movements which are sweeping uh, through the country now how many assemblies are there in France a population of 60 million it is said there would be possibly 100 but many would be of a very liberal character which we would not be very happy about and uh, as you will see from that map I am way down in the south of France uh, in the town of Perpignan 
which is very close to the Spanish border and we would have fellowship with four assemblies along the south coast of France small assemblies and needing help constantly well we moved down to Perpignan many years ago and uh, our exercise was to uh, see something done in the gospel and I rented uh, what you would call a store a, a small shop empty cleaned it out, painted it up and started gospel meetings and my experience was much like our brother Logan's you know you get the hall ready and the seats there and you just sit and wait and the crowds would not be there I was in one town called Reeves Alt near Perpignan and uh, we were having trying gospel meetings and uh, we had three, four and a half people came to the gospel meeting there were, there were a couple who were interested they were neighbours but they only came once then there were two communists that came in for an argument but then you say now what about the half person well it was a lady that came halfway into the hall and saw there was nobody there and ran for her life <laughs> so you, you have to be very um, optimistic but we count on God we are to sow the seed and we look to God uh, to give the increase now we saw one or two saved and we saw a few believers who had been in assemblies elsewhere and who had settled in France and uh, they came along but we were not breaking bread there was about possibly a dozen believers but we would gather for a time of worship on the Lord's Day morning gospel meeting in the afternoon or the evening and in the week uh, prayer and Bible study but we were not breaking bread and we felt that we would need to put out the fruits we would need some indication from God that an assembly should be formed there in Perpignan now what was the indication we believed that God would have to save souls and uh, where there was fruit and progress then we could envisage uh, gathering as a company to break bread I do not believe that the breaking of bread is something which you do when you're uh, on vacation traveling or in some place where a few Christians get together I believe the breaking of bread is an assembly function and we should break bread nowhere else you have the, the truth of reception uh, and so on and, and so we eventually gathered to break bread and the Lord prospered us uh, I remember one morning uh, I, a Saturday morning I was painting the front of the hall which is a bit decrepit and that particular day in the local newspaper uh, a man uh, a fruit merchant uh, was taking on students for packing fruit but the newspaper editor had made a mistake and he put the address of the gospel hall so that Saturday morning we had people coming along and well this is a strange place to be packing fruit well perhaps we'd be told where else to go so I was constantly interrupted in my painting with these people asking me uh, about how much I was going to pay them and what sort of fruit and could they eat while they were working and so on so I began to get a little bit impatient and uh, 
Uh, I saw a girl coming up the road and she had a big smile on her face and I thought, oh no, not another one. So before she could say anything, look, I said, I'm very sorry. I said, no, uh, you've come to the wrong place. Uh, The address is in such and such a street. So please, would you mind leaving me because I'm sort of involved in painting uh, this building. She said, is that how you speak to people who want to know more about God? You have to be careful, don't you? She had been given a tract, I'd been giving out tracts, and she'd been given a tract. And so she came along, she had the address. Now it's very important, I think when you give out tracts, make sure you have an address on them. So the purple, uh, the, anybody interested can contact you. So she came along and in the goodness of God, uh, she professed to be saved whilst reading a very well-known gospel booklet, Safety, uh, sorry, God's Way of Salvation by Alexander Marshall. Well, so we, um, we labored there and, you know, one or two souls gave us much joy. And I often think of the parable in, parables in Matthew 13. Now, uh, please don't call me to task for my handling of these parables. There are two parables which I would think of. The parable of the pearl of great price and the parable of the hid treasure. Now, I, I know our brethren will tell us the pearl of great price is the church and Christ found the churches in the sea and the hid treasure is Israel well that's alright, I'm not so sure that's the meaning but anyway now this is how I understand it there was a man in, uh, in a nearby town and he decided he should know more about God now he knew nothing about God had never seen the Bible and he thought well my children are growing up and I don't know what to tell them and so he started going to different places, buying books, to try and find out if he could know God. And he reminds me of, uh, you, you might say, this man seeking goodly pearls. And in the goodness of God, uh, one day I met him on a market, and uh, I was giving out tracts, and he said, well, this is very interesting, perhaps you could come and... Uh, visit me and well God saved his soul but what about the the, the parable of the hid treasure here's a man uh, we don't know what he was doing in the field we assume he was plowing but he may not have been and he stumbles across a treasure he's not looking for it Uh, so anyway uh, he discovers this wonderful treasure we were having tent meetings in a town called La Seine, which is again on the south coast near a big port called Toulon. And one evening, a lady came into the tent. Her husband was in prison. She was deeply depressed. And uh, she didn't have much money and she didn't know what she was going to do. She was desperate. And she walked by that warm summer evening and she walked in front of the tent and she heard heard the preaching and so she came into the tent something she'd never heard of and in the goodness of God she got saved now she wasn't looking for salvation she was like that man she stumbled on a treasure and she found it and it gave her great joy Uh, so uh, we would seek to 
constantly sow the word now we have uh, tent meetings and uh, over the years I've had uh, nearly 50 series of gospel meetings with a tent again we would often put the tent up in, in villages around the area and perhaps get no one in but uh, the Lord has blessed over the years and each summer we have helped uh, from young men from Northern Ireland, from Scotland they don't speak French but they put the, help put the tent up and they uh, go around giving out uh, tracts and invitations and we very much appreciate their fellowship and help France we have absolute liberty perhaps not as much as our brother in Botswana we can't preach in schools and hospitals and prisons but we are able to have open air meetings we can give out tracts in the streets and we are completely free in uh, preaching the gospel well uh, we have open air meetings one part of the town of Perpignan is what is termed the gypsy quarter it's a very run down poor area and uh, there are two big squares in, the, in this particular quarter of Perpignan and it's, they're surrounded by apartment buildings very very old three or four uh, stories high and we would go onto this square uh, to preach the gospel now how we started was that I um, wanted to have gospel meetings in that quarter there were some people who had some interest and I was looking for a room or somewhere to have meetings and uh, couldn't find anywhere the, the gypsies are a little bit tribal and I was speaking to some of the older men and they said well uh, if you're looking for a room you won't get one because we have young people who have no accommodation and when there's an empty room we put them in there uh, so I, I said well you know there's just nowhere well one of these old men he said to me well why don't you preach on the square I said well you know if I did that I'd have to go to the council and get permission and I wouldn't get permission because uh, of certain uh, uh, rules and regulations he said you don't ask the council permission we give you permission so he said you just go ahead and preach on the square well that's 15 years now that we've been having open air meetings in the summer months on those squares in the town of Perpignan and it's so encouraging to see people coming out of an evening with plastic chairs and folding chairs to sit and listen to the gospel they wouldn't come to the hall but they're happy for me to go along every week uh, in the summer uh, to preach the gospel to them uh, we have some trouble with occasionally with drunks and drug addicts but generally we are totally undisturbed uh, one day I was preaching now what happens I, I parked the car um, it's quite a small car the roof is very low and some of our Korean brethren will be very pleased to know that it's a Kia Picanto and uh, so I put the loudspeaker on top of the roof of the car and I have a, a Thai microphone and I would preach there uh, on that square one evening a lady came across the square and she looked very angry and she came marching up to me and she stopped in front of me and I forgot to turn my microphone off so everybody heard the conversation 
And she said, um, now I'm very angry with you. I said, well, what have I done? She said, well, look, at the under, other end of the square, up on the second floor, she said, that's my apartment. With the window open, yes, I can see it, yes. She said, look at your loudspeaker. I said, what about it? It's pointing at my apartment. So I, I guessed what was going to come next, and I said, well, what's the problem? Uh, knowing the answer, of course. Well, she said, I can't hear what you're saying. Can't you turn up your loudspeaker? So we, we like that sort of complaint. Uh, one day, uh, I was again preaching there on that square, and it's very noisy. You can't be distracted. Children are running around uh, on their bicycles, and uh, you just have to keep preaching and forget about uh, the disturbances around you. And one day, there were two or three little boys, eight, ten years of age, and they were standing listening and uh, one of them he got closer and closer and he, I could see he was looking at my microphone and that he wanted to have a preach so he got nearer and his hand came out and I said just stand back and uh, he came back again put his hand out to get my microphone stand back and then he came right up to me put his hand on the microphone so I gave him a little clip on his head I said just stand back he said I'm going to get my dad now in that area the children are kings and I carried on in fear and trembling well his dad didn't come back it was his big sister a girl of about 20 and she said did you hit my brother well I said no I said this is what happened I said I was telling everybody here the Lord Jesus had died on the cross he died to save sinners and your little brother was interrupting me oh she said the next time hit him harder so <laughs> we, we, we find we are often coming across very unusual uh, situations well we have conferences very small uh, once we don't actually have them in Perpignan uh, we, would, we rent a hall near the city of Marseille for about three hours from us uh, because there is an assembly or two assemblies over in Cannes near Italy and so they are able to come two hours and we three hours so we have the conference where we can all get together uh, if we have 30 Christians we think we're doing really well so you can see we're very very few in numbers two years ago we had brother uh, Jim Smith with us he had come out with a brother Dover from Dublin and he was there for the conference and we really appreciated it because uh, brother Smith is very fluent in French he spent some years I think in Quebec and he was a real help and it was very very much appreciated uh, so we would seek to encourage the saints uh, in the north of France you have, north of France you have the country of Belgium small country I think it's about 10 million population half Dutch speaking half French speaking and just a handful of assemblies in uh, Belgium I would go up there every year to try and give a little help uh, and uh, I remember 
I was having a few gospel meetings in a town called Lessine, south of Brussels, and uh, one evening there was um, a couple came in. Now the husband was saved and in fellowship, but his wife was a practicing Roman Catholic, and she never ever went to the gospel hall. She said to her husband, "You're heretics. I wouldn't put a foot inside your place." Well, one evening, well, one day he went home, he said, uh, uh, Marie-André, he said, um, we're having some special meetings. Well, she said, well, so what? Uh, well, he said, it's a bit different, because the preacher is a converted Catholic. Oh, she said, well, I will come, and I'll give that traitor a piece of my mind. So, I didn't know who she was, and... So I preached the gospel. Well, she never actually gave me a piece of her mind. She listened to the gospel. Meetings were over. And shortly afterwards, she got saved. So uh, that was an encouragement. But in Belgium, things are very, very weak. We would occasionally have gone up to Holland to visit our brother Lou Swan, which some of you may know. Uh, Lou and Trudy have been faithful over the years in Holland they've seen a good work done much disappointment and today our brother Swan is no, no longer able to preach seriously ill and uh, I would value your prayers for him for brother Lou Swan and Trudy uh, there in Holland now why did we go down to uh, Perpignan in the south of France well my original exercise was to go to North Africa I can't go into the details of what, uh, why we desire to go to North Africa but um, when I made my exercise known to the brethren in my assembly in Portsmouth in England they said well Dennis if you're going to North Africa you would need to speak French uh, well that didn't really occur to me because uh, you know I thought well North Africa would be some other language so we went to France with the intention of staying just long enough to learn French and then we were going on to North Africa well uh, the door closed at that time you couldn't get into North Africa and so uh, we discovered that France in fact was a vast field of service 